Right on set. Rolling. Action. Action. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to Encot and welcome back to another amazing movie review. Today we have the one and only Napoleon. Yes. This historical period piece movie, Apple Original, actually, one of the many Apple Original movies that's been coming. That yeah, Apple's been, been doing out. a lot. <laughs> yes, and well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. I think, yeah, that was also Whatever Apple original. that's called. Mm-hmm. Oscar bound. As is Napoleon. Hence why we're talking about it, even though we watched it back in december yeah argyle another apple production mm-hmm. i mean they've been killing it lately all doing a lot accolades to mm-hmm. whatever producers and and people behind the scenes getting the money because this has been crazy year for apple oh yeah so yeah definitely like, like you mentioned napoleon <laughs> mm-hmm. in the oscars now yeah as we had predicted it would oh, when we yeah, first watched 100%. it percent. well let me find you exactly what awards mm-hmm. they're up for Yeah, we here. watched this back in December, maybe even November. No, December. And as soon as we left, we were like, that's going to go to the Oscars. I mean, it's Oscar it's Oscar bait. bait. It's definitely 100% Oscar bait. 100% is Oscar bait. So it's nominated for costume design, production design, and visual effects. I'm really surprised it's not nominated for cinematography. I know. That is actually the thing that I said. This film could give Oppenheimer a run for its money. Yeah, but at the same time, I can see why they didn't choose it. I think the special effects really were heavy, mm, heavily mm-hmm. used, and really well, well done. Yeah, in this movie, which I guess takes a little bit out from cinematography, and I guess the production mm-hmm. design also really helps with that whole feeling vibe oh, yeah. that really amused me from the cinematography. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I left that theater saying this is gonna go to the Oscars for cinematography. Yeah. Which I'm not fully right about it being cinematography, but it was going to the Oscars, and I think it was mm. bound to happen. Yeah. Isn't Definitely. it also for adaptation? I don't know if it's eligible no. for adaptation. There's nothing about screenplay at all. The screenplay itself was never nominated okay. for a single award. I mean, it wasn't a book. It was like a real thing that happened in life, but I don't know if that counts as adaptation. No, I think they would just count that as a normal screenplay. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> unless you don't know, unless you live under a rock. Yes. This movie is about Napoleon Bonaparte, mm-hmm. uh, which was one of the greatest generals in France. Well, he was not just a general. He was like an emperor yeah, in France. Yeah, he became the first emperor of the like the new era of emperors mm-hmm. in Just France. after the revolution. Exactly. So, I mean, one thing that was lingering in my mind this whole time was like, where the hell is Lafayette? <laughs> That's the first thing he asked me when we were done watching it. Like, no, where is Lafayette? You, I like... asked him while we were watching the movie. <laughs> I'm a big Hamilton fan. Yeah, and like, I know my, where he is. Like, all of my know. historical facts from that time come from, from Hamilton. From Hamilton, yes. So I was like, I thought Lafayette had gone back to France. But I guess I was getting it twisted. He had come from France. I don't know what it was. but Also, this is about Napoleon, not Lafayette. I know, but it's They're like not going to show so... him. I was so mm-hmm. confused about Lafayette and why he was not there. Yeah. And if you're wondering, this movie doesn't cover the entire scope of Napoleon's no. life. This just covers from when Marie Antoinette was executed to mm-hmm. the end of his life, which is still a, a ginormous chunk. Um, but 
to take that into account. We just don't really know much about his mm-hmm. early life. We just know who he as a man or their version of who he as a man yeah. became too and all that. Yeah, once again, as, as we've said in other episodes, we're not historians over here. We don't yeah. know the actual history behind Napoleon. Mm-hmm. And so we're not here to tell you if he was right or wrong. We're just here to I talk about I know of some things that might have been you, a choice. You love the French Revolution. What do you mean? Like, you you told me you're like a French Revolution historian girly. Well, just that time period. I don't necessarily, okay. I didn't necessarily hyperfixate on the French Revolution. The Russian Revolution I hyperfixated True. on, but yeah, that is a different yeah, yeah. story for a different time. Um, but what no, facts do you have I. For us? <laughs> <laughs> is it like a random fact? Hmm. No, I'm just going to say that, that there's certain things in this movie that if you're not prepared for them, it might take you out of the movie. Are you talking about the barking? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny if Napoleon, Napoleon was a barker. ever barked. You can interpret that as you will. It's rated R for a reason. I hope that if it was real, that that is the extent of which... I have to see that because that was kind of mortifying. And um, yeah, I feel bad for everybody that had to be there in person for that. Yeah. So Um, in the movie, whenever Napoleon wants to get jiggy with it, he starts barking (laughs) and gets under the table and barks and just like... That's not... He doesn't get under the table every time. It's always a different scenario every time. It clearly shows just how absolutely bizarre him and his wife's relationship was. He's just a bizarre man. But this story is actually kind of deep, and it makes you feel Mm -hmm. for Napoleon sometimes, but also despise him at other times. Yeah. Because it's like he's in this insufferable journey of trying to get a son to take over him as emperor afterwards, Mm -hmm. but he is fully unable to, and you cannot really understand why, because his wife has a kid already. Mm -hmm. So it's this whole confusion about, like, is she too old or like what's going on? Yeah. Because I mean, the actress herself looks 20 hmm. and she's dressed to look older than that, but it doesn't really look like she's too old to have kids. Mm-hmm. So it's this whole situation with Napoleon going insane for not being able to have kids yeah. while also trying to deal with being the general of the mm-hmm. French army that's trying to help Egypt at once yeah. at one time, for example. And he was disciplined for that, mm-hmm. for leaving Egypt. And so it's that whole thing. But also the other aspect of it, of like him just not being the greatest husband at times. Mm-hmm. Like it's a really deep and it's not, it's not a movie about war. Yeah. It's definitely just a movie about him as a mm-hmm. person trying to overcome and also not let the leadership fame get over his head yeah what i think i think often ends up happening when you do a movie based on like actual historical Mm -hmm. events you bring in all of your own biases to it but i feel like if you like napoleon then you're gonna come into this movie being like yeah well no i mean from the filmmaker themselves yeah they impart their own opinion so they will portray these individuals whether they're trying to get sympathy out of the audience yeah but i feel like with this film it's hard to say if they had much of a bias going in and i'd want to know from 
like the screenwriter like what kind of information that they had because there was it was such a kind of 360 view on napoleon where Mm -hmm. there wasn't a moment where i felt like i truly understood him like there was moments where i saw an ugly side moments where i saw a kind side moments where i felt for him moments where i couldn't care about him any less see him as a hero and sometimes you feel like why are you the way you are same thing with his wife like you could you could totally understand his anger at her whilst also feeling sorry for her circumstances Like, it's, like, an unabashedly, un- unapologetic view of these people mm-hmm. and all of their raw complexities are just thrown out on the table for you to look at. And you have to somewhat pick and choose You have to decide your for yourself on that. what you believe. Um, yeah. Um, so I just thought, I thought that was incredibly interesting. Mm-hmm. Where, I guess, in a sense, it just took a more historical here's what happened next versus here's what happened and here's why you should like him or hate him yeah like this is what happened and here's what we want you to see it Mm -hmm. because yeah i mean even the wife there are times in the movie that you absolutely hate her Mm -hmm. for doing whatever she's doing like cheating on him while he's away trying to fight for his country or whatever Mm -hmm. it is but then you also understand the thought process that she's having at that time yeah so yeah, I think they really show you like even with the Russian emperor. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you might be like, he's got a point, but most of the time, I mean, he's only yeah. there for like two scenes, mm-hmm. and one scene is like he's a dictator, and the other scene is like he's trying to help the wife. Yeah, it's just it's, it's a really inc- interesting film. I mean, all these people are incredibly complicated. Humans yeah. themselves are incredibly complicated. It's so not I either think black or white. That was very interesting. Mm-hmm um it makes me wonder kind of what message they wanted to give by making a movie about napoleon yeah um in this day and age like why why follow the story like that um and why napoleon and actually made us leave the theater being like me as a colombian Mm -hmm. caitlin had the idea of like why don't we one day make Mm -hmm. one about the colombian revolution there's been telenovelas made about it but not big hollywood film per se yeah because Yes, this is about the French Revolution, but this is not a French film. This mm-hmm. is a Hollywood Apple Productions film. Yeah. So, big plans. <laughs> Definitely. Shall we go into some reviews? Let's do that. We have some hydration in here. Please stay hydrated yourself. All right. This first one that I have is from Roger Ebert, Woo! and it was Roger. given two stars. Oh, Roger. <laughs> Ridley Scott's big-budget war epic Napoleon is a series of accomplished battle sequences looking for a better movie to connect them. Right up the gate. The battle scenes were really cool. (laughs) Once again, Scott's craftsmanship is on full display here, but it's in service of a deeply shallow screenplay, one that hits major life events in in the life of its subject with too little passion or purpose, too rarely trying to, one sorry too rarely (laughs) tying one to another with any sort of momentum a phenomenal actor is reduced to a ghostly presence in the middle of the movie and his partner the character who needs to give the film a beating heart comes off as two-dimensional and hollow Mm. 
Again, Napoleon works when things go boom in an undeniably impressive ways. It's the other stuff that loses the war. Having said that, the technical acumen on display in Napoleon may be enough to justify its existence for oh, fans yeah. of historical war epics. Whether it's the bloodied bodies breaking through ice or waves of soldiers charging into battle, Napoleon has some battle sequences that hum with energy. Maybe the point is that Napoleon Bonaparte was only truly alive when surrounded by so much death. If so, Scott, Scarpa, and Phoenix should have embraced that idea more. Instead, they have produced a film that's unwieldy and disjointed in ways that the baffling, underrated Scott typically isn't. Say what you will about Scott's most divisive movies. They're usually big swings with big ideas. What's so disheartening about Napoleon is how small it ultimately feels. Wow. Just slicing through it. Yeah, there was not many people talking about this movie. Yeah. On social media or whatever. But, yeah, I, I think we forgot to mention it. This is Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And I we know adore. We definitely love we Joaquin love Phoenix. Guy. But is he underutilizing this film? I'm not sure. I don't know. I think it might have been muted a little bit just because Joker 2 is coming out soon. Mm. And at the time of Napoleon coming out, the news, the, the photos and whatnot of uh, Joaquin Phoenix as Joker were coming out. Mm-hmm. So I guess his role as Napoleon was kind of diminished a little bit. But I think he did a really good job. Yeah. And he didn't fully feel lifeless. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we were mentioning, I think it really shows a more humane aspect of mm. this being that so many people of his time would be like, he's the hero over there yeah definitely i definitely understand what they mean about like a disjointed scene Mm -hmm. and that's why i described it as like it's more like a you go from point a to point b to point c to point d um that's like the flow of it there wasn't some overarching like story that they were trying to tell it Mm -hmm. was really just here's his life here was his love life here was his battle life but we're gonna skip here together um you're not going to show every little detail but you're going to show things um and so yeah definitely i felt like i don't think that there was like a full narrative story definitely Uh, but i wasn't mad about that clearly they weren't happy with i don't think i needed to know absolutely every single detail yeah and i don't think i needed to to follow it because i knew that that this individual was going to die at some point. I mm-hmm. don't know how, but everybody dies. You can only assume because mm-hmm. it was way back when. Um, but then I also knew that life as an emperor, you're going to have other challenges in your private life. Yeah. And so having that all together, I think it was just an analysis of the person more mm-hmm. than like a narrative thing. Like I just watched Ted Lasso and this is the weirdest comparison ever already comparing Napoleon to Ted Lasso but if you really think about it and if you've watched Ted Lasso you don't want to watch every single game and you don't want to watch them either going on on their eight winning streak Mm -hmm. or you want to want to watch them going in their 20 game losing streak Mm -hmm. you don't need to see every game to understand the headspace Mm -hmm. so you don't need to see every war Napoleon's ever won or every war Napoleon's ever lost to see his demise or how he became mm-hmm. an emperor. You don't need, really need to see all of that in order to understand the whole sp- storyline and, mm-hmm. and the plot. So I don't con- I don't condone them for not showing us everything. Yeah. One thing that I had no idea what, about was 
him being exiled. Yeah. That was really good to know. Mm-hmm. I mean, just as a history piece. Yeah. I Going back off of the war sequences, those were definitely <clears throat> incredibly Ooh, yeah. well done. It made me emotional. It gave me times. Game of Thrones Chills. vibes. Um, especially the sequence that happens out on the water. I think that's between the Russians, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. in that sequence. That one was really good. Um, but that was just... With the eyes. It's an unflinching look yeah. at war and the casualties of war. And also taking into account, this is only one fragment of the time that he was out in that environment yeah. in the snow. For days, Of course weeks, everybody was mad at him when months. he came back. Like, <laughs> so it's just it's all incredibly interesting no wonder it's nominated for and i think effects. egypt went like right after that which is just a stark comparison we can go on to the rolling stone article next <laughs> starting with the french revolution and ending with monsieur bonaparte's no bang all whimper exit from his <laughs> mortal coil the director's sweeping swaggering occasionally stumbling history lesson is nothing more than an attempt to conjure up the roadshow movie magic of yesteryear There are corpse-strown battlefields, a cast Mm -hmm. of thousands, corsets galore, and expository intertitles in fancy pants cursive. It has images that make you wish the big screen was even bigger, so as to properly encompass their scale and scope, and a pompkin circumstance that screams prestige, even when the film itself cannot seem to conjure it. But there's also a simmering sense of admiration over the little corporal, Mm. um, who commanded big armies that seeps out of Napoleon. And it's palpable enough to make you wonder if, hidden throughout this portrait of an emperor, there aren't hits of self-portrait as well. We're talking about a man who came from modest means, who knew he was destined for greater things, then willed said destiny into being when opportunities arose, and who had turned a mixture of strategic intelligence, second nature, leadership skills, grudge holding, and an instinct for grand gestures into a recipe for victory, all the better to flip the bird to his disbelievers. That man has now made a movie about Napoleon, and there are moments (laughs) when you can imagine the legendary, bullish, indefatigable (laughs) 85-year-old director staring at the aspirational autocrat at the center of his mammoth canvas and thinking to himself, game recognizes game. Wow. I thought that was interesting. Comparing Ridley Scott to Napoleon. I compare them both to Cornelius Snow. If he was exiled. <laughs> it's like the um, underdog story. Yeah. Except one one became evil, one was propagandized to be evil and yeah. Ridley Scott's just Ridley Scott. <laughs> he's just <laughs> like, a director. He's just a director. <laughs> I mean, overall, I think we just really liked the fact that the story was done. Mm-hmm. And we understand that there is a lot that his, that wasn't historically accurate. There is actually mm-hmm. lots of videos saying, like, this is what Napoleon got wrong about history. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen those. I, I skipped over a couple of them, not to be spoiled, because this was before the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I, I watched it. But I personally really enjoyed this movie. Yeah, and I, I was actually really trying to go see it in theaters because I feel like mm-hmm. the, the experience in theaters would be much different than yeah, at home. It is, definitely. Which if definitely. you do want to watch it at home, it's on Apple TV, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. If you don't 
like history all that much. I don't think you'd enjoy it. But if you like um, Game of Thrones, yeah, I think you can appreciate this movie. Mm-hmm. Especially since Game of Thrones, like the the plots mm-hmm. are not always linear, where where you can kind of yeah. accept this plot is exactly linear um as well but yeah i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed the battle sequences obviously some Mm -hmm. things are hard to stomach there's some battle sequences in moments in the battle sequences as well where you're just actually shocked and it made me wonder how they did that like there's a scene at the very beginning where a horse gets blown apart i do not know how they did that but it really (laughs) it looked a lot like they actually just no horses were harmed in the making of this i hope not because that looked a little too real hence why i'm happy because it made me believe for a second that they blew it up but yeah i enjoyed it um as far as rating it a solid four a solid four yeah i'll give it a solid four too mm-hmm. see this is not a, a soft four this is a solid four this is a hollywood four. if you know the last episode you posted you know what he means by that <laughs> <laughs> no i think it's definitely a four i mean mm-hmm. Right now, in my head, I just really need to make, or in paper, I need to make a list of the ratings that I've given movies Right. in every single movie review that we've done. So I can actually start seeing what the parameters are. Mm-hmm. You, you can know if, like, the bar is too low or yeah, like, if am your, I giving... like, expectations are too high. Exactly. Because I think I'm giving fours here and everywhere. Almost every book I ever read is a four. <laughs> so this has been it's a pattern. Is the middle? No. No, I think no. I think I'm quick to give a three if I really feel like I didn't like a movie, but yeah, if I didn't like the movie as much as I thought I would, three automatically. But not for um, participation. Yeah, I don't know. A four is like this is a pretty solid movie, like, but I'm not gushing. It's about not it. my favorite movie. Yeah, it's not my yeah. movie. But I guess you'll have to make a decision for yourself yeah. to see if your move, your Napoleon experience is a four, a five, a three, a one, uh, or please, a zero, or a zero. <laughs> so please make sure to let us know in the comments down below or DM us. Mm-hmm. So if you do want to do that, you can find us on Instagram as Encat the Podcast. You can find us on YouTube to watch the recording of this episode and many other things like vlogs and other fun stuff as that film couple and with the same exact handle that film couple you can find us on tiktok where we make short form content and just fun reviews about these movies and movies that came out 10 years ago we just make random videos and fun stuff so you can find us there and you can find us on twitch where we game every now and again and you can find us as sebas parra 1k and last but not least you can find me on Instagram as sebi.mp4. And you can find me at caitlin.mp4. Thank you for being here one more week, and we'll see you in the next one. And, and cut! cut.